I think it's a pretty cool fact. Pretty cool. I think it is. It is very cool fact. Speaking of how cold Uranus gets on these winter nights, Kendall. So many planets, Kendall. So many planets, and it just uh, makes me think one question. Can you guess it? Um, why? You could. You didn't guess quick uh, enough, so I went ahead and answered it. Why? Why, God? Why? It's me, God, Margaret, or what? It, it's Margaret, God. What? It, what's? Uh, what are you asking? Why they're there? Why? Why the why? planet? Why is God, God? You know, this is in theory. This is for the theologians in the audience. Oh, take note. Theologians, write us at the failing website Twitter, Cliff, at Cliff and Kendall. Um, why? Why would God spend so much time, presumably, making just a, these, some of them just big balls of gas, whatever in the hell. It, it's not a gas you're a gas giant. I'm a gas giant. Some of these other planets we've discussed are gas giants. But Uranus, isn't it like a big ice? What? It's like not even really there, as far as I can tell. Well, and why? Yeah. Why? Why would God spend so much time <laughs> okay, making Cliff, this? But some might say, why would God spend so much time making this planet? So <laughs> I thought you were gonna say some might say why would we spend so much time making this show? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, lots of good question. valid questions. Lots of good questions. But let's just get back to the matter at hand. Nobody's saying that Earth is the best planet. Come on. Like, oh no. So when you say that, like, yeah, Uranus might just be an ice giant, and uh, you know, all these planets they may have their own things. You're like, oh, it's not cool. They're beautiful in their own way, Cliff, and we need them because they help make the world go round, so to speak. So to speak. Now, are we going to speak first, so to speak about it? Or forever hold your peace. <laughs> you know what I say when I meet someone at a bar? Uranus or mine? Uh, let's do Uranus, <laughs> Uranus first. It's the closest right. to us, after all. Well, let's start close and work our way out. Work away out. It's the seventh planet from the sun. Oh, uh, I don't you wish that John Lithgow and Jane Curtin would come back and do another alien show called Seventh Rock from the Sun? I want to see those Why aliens not? living on Uranus. I mean, they've remade everything. Come on, come on, Lithgow. Let's let's see a let's see a new one. What's the hold up? And now, didn't you think when you were learning about Uranus, when you were learning about Uranus, Kendall, that <laughs> I didn't know it was so unique, Uranus? Uh, who knew? It's the only planet it doesn't spin on the side like a top or like Cliff and Kendall. It's, it's the only one bent the other way. It rotates 
Like it's rolling towards us. Isn't that insane? <gasps> we, Cliff, we knew Uranus was different. Uh, we just didn't know. We didn't know how different. We didn't know. Now, here's what I think. And also that it's the only planet not named after something Roman. It's named after a Greek son of a bitch named Uranus. Oh, there you go. Don't you think they, they, they wish... Had, they had one job, and that's the one planet that everybody's like, oh, Uranus. And don't you think they're wishing now... Uh, we could should have just kept the original spelling and pronunciation, Uranus, because then it would have been Uranus. Like it would it would have been a further walk to your anus, or your or <laughs> urinate on us. You know the yeah. alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> they they just didn't have the foresight to see how bad things would get. Um, liquid it is. Uh, as I said, the seventh planet from the sun. It's the third largest planet in the solar system, and it is the... We know how it feels. It's the biggest of the ice giants. Ice giant. Don't you wish in the hot, hot summertime you were just on an ice giant uh, planet? I, th- I feel like that's why I don't want to diss uh, Uranus. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean... I could I could live on a cold giant like that. I love it. But just when you see these like really it's artists conceptions, these computer artists doing CGI <laughs> Pixar work and you see you know the terrain or lack thereof on Uranus it's like why cuz it's if you if you were looking down at earth you'd at least be like well what are these things on earth there's this big lions with the hair and you got these people walking and recording themselves and putting it out on the internet and you got birds flying but then when you look at Uranus up close it's just like stor- stormy weather it's it's just it's a bunch of it's nothing there there it's to, to the human eye well well, no reply to that. There's lots of beauty. I got nothing for that one. There's lots of beauty there. Like you don't have to have people running around. You don't have to have calm. Like oh, agree. For each his own. Um, 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 Cliff, it is um, the coldest um, planetary atmosphere. As we we're talking about how cold it is, and it uh, is negative 224 degrees Celsius, which is negative 371 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, thank you. So for you, doing you might the math. need a parka. You light jacket required. I, I could wear shorts in the winter sometimes. I get so hot. I wait for Kendall's 40 degree guarantee that, you know, I know if it's above or below. Was it 40 or 50 the degree guarantee? It used to be 50, but I don't know. I'm getting hotter these days, so it might be dropping to 40. Might be dropping to 40. That's how I know what degree it is, if Kendall's got on shorts or not. So, okay, even on top of like that, they had to name this planet Uranus or however you want to pronounce it. Uranus. Uh, and I don't know how even how to pronounce this, but uh, the biggest moon of Uranus is Titana, Titania, Titania, or there's, or is it tr- Triton? No, Triton Tita- is the Neptune moon. Right, you know, this it's like T I T A N I A. Well, Titania, yeah, that sounds like a like a stripper. There you go. Well, there you go, stripping on Uranus. <laughs> Kendall, there's a stripper on Uranus. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> now, what I think is fascinating and will really resonate with the listeners is that Uranus makes one trip around the sun about 84 years, every 84 years. And like almost one human life, Kendall. Well, since we've been alive, it's made it half its trip around the old sun. Makes you think. Well, and- it, it does. It makes you think, like, and you have to imagine, like, 
to our little brains, like what feels like a year, what feels like a lifetime. And just think if you were on a planet, like, and let's say it was like an Earth habitable planet and we could be there. Just think of how it would be like you'd just have four seasons in your entire life. You'd have one spring, one summer, one winter, and one fall. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing, and it made me wonder, is Game of Thrones, is it on Uranus? Because, you know, it took so long for winter to come. They're like, winter's coming, winter's coming. Cliff has cracked the case. Code cracked. Case cracked over here, everybody. Case closed. Uh, that is, that's pretty genius. That is genius. Yeah, now, what it, <laughs> I knew this about you, Kendall. Uranus has two sets of very thin, dark-colored rings. Well, what are you going to do? They're made of dust particles the size <laughs> of small boulders. Inner rings and the outer rings. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they probably formed around your moon when it was broken up. Upon impact, Kendall. About 600 million years ago is when those rings formed on Uranus, Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so dark there. You know You know how I hate, like, super, super bright light? I'm always wearing sunglasses. It's only, what is it, one four hundredth of the light intensity that is on Earth, so it's nice and oh, dark. Oh, I would like that. You'd have street lamps on all the time. Yeah. But... You can always have Christmas lights on. Are you kidding me? Who doesn't well, love that? I already do that. Kendall, I already <laughs> but it break would light up the sky. The, uh, the mold on that one. Now, do you know what I was watching earlier this week? And this is funny because I did not know what this show was going to be about when I was watching this, but it's sort of in line. I was watching Men in Black 3. Do you remember that one, Kendall? Oh, yeah, I remember it very well. Uh, Men in Black 3. I would say it's one of the best Men in Blacks. It's very good. I, yeah, I remember after Men in, off an offshoot here, but I remember when Men in Black Two came out, and I was like, ah, yeah, no, it wasn't very kinda. good. And then when the third one came out, I was like, well, it'll probably be just as dismal. And I remember being very pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, that was they turned that around. That was pretty good. They did turn it around. You got to hand it to them. They turned the ship around, <laughs> and then they turned it off of a cliff after that. I've <laughs> now what was the, there was another one after that, but it wasn't it Will was, Smith, right? Right, it was like international or something, and they were. It was like the British version, oh. and it was fun, whatever. But it, it, you know, it was just one of those cases where it's like you've you've done enough. You know, we've we've seen enough. Well, I have to say, I was watching this one, Men in Black Three, because okay, well, let me offshoot now about Men in Black Two. <laughs> My only memory of Men in Black Two is that I watched it with you at your mom's house, and while we were watching it, you spilled a little tub of. Uh, Papa John's garlic butter and it got into your phone. That's what I remember <laughs> about Men in Black 2. And I think I might have fallen asleep after uh, that. That's what happens in life sometimes. <laughs> but Men in Black 3, I have to say, it was really good. And, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is not in it much. Most of it is Josh Brolin in the past yeah. playing him. And so why not more of him? Clone him or something. Just do another one. And I almost forgave Will Smith for that slap because he was so good. He was so natural on screen. And I don't, I'm not a person who usually, you know, when I think about Will Smith, I'm not like, oh man, he's a hot hunk. He was a hot hunk in Men in Black 3. If you're looking for peak Will Smith attractiveness, 
It was in that. I didn't expect it. I didn't notice it the first time. But in this one, he was, uh, and that's one reason probably I was going to forgive him for the slap. But what (laughs) I really meant to say about Men in Black 3 is coming up now. Do you remember, um, what's her, Emma Thompson is in it, right? Uh Of course, she's great. She's always great. And she plays, it doesn't even matter what she plays, but she's a very, you know, executive type at Men in Black headquarters, whatever. She's everybody's boss, one of the bosses. But every time she was on screen, I was so distracted because her hair in every scene, it doesn't look bad, but it looks weird. And it totally took me out of it. I was buying the aliens. I was buying the time travel. I was buying all that. The guy where you take his hat off and it's got he's got swirling lights in his brain. I was I fell for it. But when you tell me that Emma Thompson's character wakes up at three every morning to shellac her hair in these different weird chunks <laughs> on the top of her head, so much so that by if you look at it from the back, like shots of her where it's, you know, the two-shot over OTS, as we say in the biz. An OTS uh, over Emma's shoulder, you see the back of her head, it looks like a basket. Because it's just these big chunks of shellacked hair. And it, why would any woman wake up and do this for 12 hours herself every morning? It's not reasonable, is all I'm saying. I'll buy the aliens. And I, I wish that... Men in Black 3 had been a George Lucas movie because he would maybe go back and fix it. He would just CGI her hair (laughs) into a better hairdo. They could have made her uh, an alien that was in charge. If if at the end of it, the tendrils uh, had come out in her weird shellacked bits and it, it... they could have made it make sense. Were she an alien and it came to life and started typing notes or something, I would have said, all right, looks bad, but yeah. okay. Well, but, th- but like, Mm-mm. I feel like she always like loves to have like character pieces about her, like, you know, glasses or weird thing. Maybe she wanted like something that was different so she wasn't just, you know, plain. But I, I think they could have pushed it and made her something different like an alien, like, but she was in charge. Well, instead, you know, like, that's my one criticism of the movie. Anyway, hairdressers. Um, what is the anyway. Men in Black Three hairdresser out there? Can you do you have anything <laughs> to say for yourself? This episode is not about Men in Black Three. It's not this episode. No, no, it's about uh, the planets. But we haven't oh. even spoken about where we are. People, they always want to say like, "Where, where are you? What's going on?" Oh, that's right. Well, we're here in the little studio in the back of our store, Cliff and Kendall Mart, and. Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn, she's got a group of her friends out there. You know, they were going to meet at her friend Letty's house, but they're having it fumigated today. So Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn said, can our book club meet at your store? Because there probably won't be anybody there. And we said, sure. See, now I thought she wanted to have it here because... They're reading it this week, and she thought, "Oh, the crystals and everything is real like spooky and good for the book." Oh, so they were just because they were fumigating. It's well, they're, they're, maybe it's coincidence. Kendall could be a deadly coincidence, like Pennywise. Uh, maybe you never know. Oh, I wish I had some for my own reasons and for them. I wish I had some big life-size. Pennywise stand-ups, you know, because how sexy that one. <laughs> oh, speaking of, now, uh, can you imagine if I had a Pennywise stand-up on one side and a Will Smith from Men in Black Three on the other? Woo! 
I would be swooning. Well, there wouldn't be any room for me in this booth if you had those. Um, I was when you said I wish I had. My brain went to a big Reese's like <laughs> peanut butter cup, and I was thinking, oh, I do want a big Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> well, sorry, Kendall, I ate the last one this morning. About a dollar for every time I heard that. Now, now Uranus, Kendall. What else about Uranus? Do you have to tell us? You can. Oh, sometimes you can see Uranus even without binoculars. Really? Yeah, with just your your own eye. Isn't that a cool fact? I love to see Uranus with my bare eyes. I think it's a pretty cool fact. Pretty cool. I think it is. It is very cool fact. Speaking of how cold Uranus gets on these winter nights, Kendall. It's and I don't even know if we said it's uh, 1.8 billion miles away from us. Uh, oh, it's very. It's like four lengths away. Uh, some there's some sort of planetary way you can do that, but it's a long a planetary football field. Four long, long ass way away. You're not going to get there anytime soon, folks. If you're planning a trip to Uranus, and uh, only hasn't it been you know not many people have explored Uranus. Have they? No, it's very well. It's so so solitude and distant all on its own. Solitude and distance. That's what and I think. And it's dark. About. It's, you have oh. to you have to bring your own lighting source to view Uranus. Do you think it would be weird to the a human? Let's say in like one of these movies. Remember that movie Interstellar? That was about space, mm. right? Yeah. With Matthew McConaughey. Uh, what I remember most about that one is that he says his daughter's name over and over and over. calls her Murph. And so every other <laughs> sentence is, Murph, I'm going out to space, Murph. I want to see you to your old Murph. This is your dad, Murph. I'm calling from space, Murph. I miss you, Murph. That's, that list, that was a quote from the script. Uh, but <laughs> that, We just watched the trailer. Yeah, that was that was the trailer, and <laughs> you know there probably would have been a time out there. Murph, I'm going to Uranus, Murph. It's going to take me four <laughs> times as long to get there, Murph. What if he went? Wouldn't that be fun for a movie? I'm just uh, pitching hey. ideas. Uh, well, if if he doesn't talk about Murph, maybe <laughs> maybe it'd be okay. That um. we didn't talk about. I don't think that the atmosphere was made up of hydrogen and helium. Oh, you'd probably sound like a chipmunk. Yeah, think about it. So if you're on Uranus, you'd be like, rah, 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 all the time because you're breathing and all. Well, you'd probably die. But, I mean, if you could live through it, you would sound like a chipmunk. <laughs> I would love it because then Matthew McConaughey, Murph, I'm dying, Murph. <laughs> Duck on Uranus. Man, somebody get Hollywood on the phone. <laughs> Have we got a sequel for you. We're making a sequel. All right. <laughs> That's what we do in Hollywood. All right, Cliff. Um, you know, oh, it's, this, it's about yes. time for a yes. segment, isn't it? It is. And all this talk about Uranus makes me think of another question other than why. It makes me think of what the food? What the food? What the food, 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 food. What the food, 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 do Americans eat per second? Oh, per second? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, 
One million. No, Kendall. There haven't been 80 quadrillion pieces of pizza eaten since this show started. Uh, on well, average, I, every... I, 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 maybe I put my, myself in that category too You much. have to subtract us because we throw off the results. Yeah. On average, every second in America, 350 slices of pizza go missing. And so do the math. Can you do the math? Do you have your calculator over there in one of those drawers behind you? 350 times 60 times 20. Hold on. Math time, mathematicians. This is your time to shine. Oh, oh my God. I have to download the calculator? Are you kidding me? I could do it longhand. (laughs) Do it longhand, for God's sake. All right. 350 times 60 seconds... All those are zeros. Six times zero is zero. Six times five is 30. Three times six is 18. Plus three is 21. So that's 21,000 times 20. So, oh, uh, one, two, three, 42. There have been four. Hundred and twenty thousand pieces of pizza eaten since this show started. Four twenty. Whoa, Kendo, God, listen. This is why this is why aliens don't visit Earth. <laughs> what? We would have so much fun. Don't tell me that they wouldn't have a great time hanging out with me. They well, they would love to study you and maybe probe you about your anus. <laughs> well. Sounds like a good old-fashioned time to me. All right, Cliff. New York City's own Columbia University had to get rid of their dining halls of what delicious treat that kept being stolen? Cheese balls. (laughs) No, nobody wants to steal the cheese balls. Cliff, Nutella. Uh Uh-oh. 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 Poor Nutella fans. Kendall, what condiment do... Japanese people often put on their pizza. What common American condiment? Uh, ranch dressing? No, Kendall, you're thinking of some disgusting fat pig in America. In Japan, they're a little more cultured. They put mayonnaise. Mayonnaise? Oh, <laughs> I was I would have not guessed that. Okay. I in would Greece, have, but- you know why? Because Julia Child... She puts mayonnaise on everything. Just whip up your little mayonnaise. Just make it a delicious whip up. You know the way Drum B puts pork and beans on everything? She put mayonnaise on everything. Is, is Julia Child a big staple in Japan? I'm sure she's a big staple everywhere. Well, well, obviously she is everywhere. I just didn't know if she like had a big, extra big following in Japan because of all the she mayonnaise. She's an average size following. Um, Cliff, <laughs> in Greek mythology, what food was considered the food or the drink of the Olympian gods? The drink of the Olympian gods was blue Gatorade. No, Cliff. Oh, man. If they wish they could have blue Gatorade. <laughs> it was ambrosia. Ah. Ambrosia Ambrosia. Salad. Kendall, what year did the first pizzeria open in North Korea? In North Korea? Um, the 19... 19- 67. Oh, my 
God, when you are so out of touch with North Korea, Kendall. Well, I, I get that a lot. Pizza was from not, I don't know if it's first introduced, but the first pizzeria was opened in North Korea. Possibly on the same day an episode of the show came out in 2009. Whoa. Whoa is right. Late, late adopters to the pizza game there. But don't you figure, I wonder if they like mayonnaise on there or if they're more like an American with the big pot of ranch. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they didn't want pizza because they were like, I need something on it, but I don't know what. And then they saw some people put mayonnaise on it and they're like, oh, let's bring it in. Let's do that. Sounds mayonnaise good. or ranch. I think there's a lot of things. Maybe clam sauce. I don't know. Glitch, Cliff, Glitch, Cliff, what healthy food has more vitamin C than a navel orange and often comes in a jar? I would never have guessed this. Olives. No, red peppers. Red peppers. Isn't that crazy? Just go get yourself a, a jar of red peppers and you'll get all that vitamin C. Oh, well, red peppers are good. That's my take on that question. Kendall, Spaceballs. Good. You may know Spaceballs as a parody of the classic film Star Wars. Yeah. But it also features a character made entirely out of pizza. What was the name of that character? Oh, Cliff, please throw me a softball, why don't you? Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut ate himself to death late last night. Oh, I, I always remember thinking as a kid, I was like, well, like when they said he ate himself to death, I was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I would have done it too. Uh, finally for me, Cliff, how many pounds of potatoes come in a standard size bushel? Uh, six. No. Cliff. No. That's why we have not been able to ever pass the Busheltown Citizens, like, test, because we never oh. get that answer right. 60 pounds. 60. See, I was close. I was getting close, there. Close, but no cigar. I was getting there. Uh, last one for me, Kendall. I have one more for you. In what year did the first frozen pizza hit store shelves? Oh, I mean, store freezers. In the United States. Ooh, um, ooh, 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 ooh. Nineteen, ooh, sixty-two. What? You are looking at it. Is that, no, are you fucking kidding me? It's 1962. <gasps> Whoa, hot. That, okay, that was, that was purely coincidence, but I will take it as a win. Oh, 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 I hear you in here talking about pizza rather loudly, and I believe it may be disturbing Mrs. Potter Potter in her book club. Oh, dear, are you disturbed? Well, dear, it was improper etiquette to come over and say anything, but since we brought the subject up, I might as well say it is quite difficult to get through the passages of the book while all this screaming of pizza is going on, boys. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you know how we get when we just start either tearing into a literal pizza or into the topic of if pizza. If I've said it once, I've said it five times, don't bring up pizza. It just makes you boys too hyper. Oh, especially not within an hour of going to bed, boys, or you'll never get to sleep. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll lay off the pizza talk. Uh, we, were, we were just talking some food facts. You know? It was more food facts, general food facts. Uh, now, Mrs. Potter Butter, Butter Churn, I'm not talking about general food facts, your old army commander. I am wondering, did your book club, how are they loving It by Stephen King? Was it a little too scary? 
for everybody? Oh, well, or? A, a few of the ladies say they 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 wanted to like it, dear, but they were a little too afraid. They had to get they had to stop it when they were reading by themselves. It scared them too much. But a lot of us could really enjoy the psychological thriller of the whole thing. So oh, we really just ate it up. Oh, dear. I don't understand how any book about a clown could be even remotely frightening, Sugarlump. Why, Bozo the Clown was so entertaining with his red nose and ridiculous hair and that pale pallor of his skin and the way he would take a balloon and he would blow it up and then, oh, wham, pazam, it would be a little dog. Oh, why, he was always so charmed. Daffodil, you should have read the manual I put out about the book club before it started, dear. You see, I, I said in the manual how the, of the clown is the court jester using psychological thriller to make it very terrifying for the audience. Now, y'all. That's what really brought it. You guys are getting too deep for me. You're going to have to take this book club discussion back out to the club. I see one of the ladies out there, I think she She's about to nod off because y'all have been on break for so long. Or maybe she's just, just oh, terrified. The, you boys were talking of pizza, and I thought, well, you could use a little literature in here, but oh, yes. we'll get back to our club, dear. All right. See, I'm sorry, Lance. We're going to start right back yeah. here. One second. I just have to use the All loop. Right. Oh, well, uh, that was enlightening. I'm enlightened. I feel enlightened as well. In fact, I'm so enlightened, i got to use the rest I've of it. I've got to take a break after that. Digest some of this. We'll be right back. Hey, you've made it this far into the show. It'd be a shame to give up now. Cliff and Kendall will be right back after the break. Dermaplast Pain Relief Spray presents the barbecue. Tom was making burgers when grease splashed onto his hand. Oh. So he went to his medicine cabinet. Please, please. And saw Dermaplast. Stop pain fast with Thank you, thank you. Tom knew Dermaplast stops skin pain fast. In fact, it's the number one pain relief spray used in hospitals. And of all leading sprays, only Dermaplast has three conditioners for soothing relief of painful skin. Yeah, yeah. Stop pain fast with Dermaplast. Spray or lotion. Use only as directed. Make some room. Cliff and Kendall are back. Again, or it'll no, just get us no. going. It'll just get us going, Kendall. I mean, we're going to talk about Neptune now, but who knows? That that might be just as equally of a stirring subject. I'm for excited us. already, Neptune, because the big moon of Neptune is Triton, like Ariel's father in The Little Mermaid. <laughs> We are the daughters of Triton. Great father who loves us and named us well. 
pulled it back to Disney because that makes me love it even more. Yeah, Cliff, there, see, there's already controversy, though, because some people say it's the last planet in the solar system. Uh-oh. Others say, no, right. there's one more, Pluto. So it's it's right there on the cusp. It gets a lot of flack for that. But Neptune is a beautiful planet. It's like a lovely blue because the, the atmosphere, the methane in the atmosphere, soaks up all the red light, and so it makes it appear this beautiful blue color. Oh, but think of how it must smell. Oh, well, it is, it's the smallest gas giant Ew, of all of them. is it? Well, then it's at least less. It's just less of a smell. It smells smell. less than Uranus. Oh, no, Uranus is too cold to smell. <laughs> but yeah. It's just, they're, both, they're both big gas giants or gas planets. They are the last two out there, other than, of course, Pluto's floating somewhere. And it's just out there beyond nothingness. As far as the eye can see. In the see. deep of space. The deep of space. Could you imagine that? would be like Deep Space Nine. <gasps> <laughs> That's more like Deep Space Ten. What were the first eight deep spaces? Why was that one I Deep Space know. Nine? You're the Trekkie. I think it was a... Well, I think... It, uh, well, I didn't watch that particular series, but I think it was a space station. And so this was like Deep Space Nine was the name of the, the space oh, station they lived on. Like Route 66. It doesn't really mean, it yeah. doesn't coordinate. Okay. Pretty much. Something yeah. like that. All right. Um, whatever. Like we number refrigerators in our, our studio. It's like Refrigerator <laughs> 4. Refrigerator 4. Oh, all those people out there with multiple refrigerators. Didn't you hate them like Cribs on MTV when they'd open their giant refrigerator and it's just all bottles of water and stuff? It's nothing in there. <laughs> Well, that was our problem, but yes, I hated it. Hated it. Just, I couldn't stand it. Now, another thing that I did this week, Kendall, in addition to watching Men in Black 3, I also watched Tremors 3 and 4. Did you ever see those? Oh. Uh, yes, because I love Tremors, and I, I, I recently was just thinking I wanted to watch it again. But did you watch 3 and 4? I watched the third and the fourth one. Oh, I, I have seen them all, but I want to go back and watch them all again. Well, they're very good because, you know, they've got Michael Gross, the dad from Family Ties. And uh-huh. I th- well, I mean, I truly think what a career to be the dad from Family Ties. And then you're in a bunch of Tremors movies. I think that is awesome. Uh, hey, I, I, I would love it. I think that is I think that is so fun. I think that's incredible. I'm very envious of Stephen Keaton. But now in the third if one... If you're making any more Tremor movies, call, call us. Call us. Available. We're naturals. They, they hear us walking around. I will play the Tremor. <laughs> well, the best thing was in the third one, they have you know, a new sort of evolution of the Tremors is it, the ass blasters. Do you remember those? <laughs> Where it's sort of they they blast from their ass and they jump and they glide. And so it's like they can't really fly, but they can kind of fly in this one. You got to believe. You believe you can fly. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I have my doubts that you've ever seen it at all. But uh, you're saying that you, <laughs> you have. You know, I can't remember last week. So even when I've seen something, I'm like, oh, all the details are fuzzy. But it's in there. <laughs> 
Well, do you remember Tremors 4? Uh, I, I know that I have seen all four of them, or all of them. But I cannot tell you the plot points of any of them. <laughs> well, I've got all six in a box set. But Tremors 4 is a, sort of a prequel because you go back into the Old West. Do you remember the one that said in the uh, Old I, West? I do remember that too, yep. It's all, it, like when you mention it, it's fuzzy, but I, it comes back to me. It comes back. <laughs> comes like a boomerang. It was a long time ago when I saw that. It can't be that long ago. It's, uh, you know, just something's wrong here, folks. But tell me more about Neptune. <laughs> a year ago was a long time ago. Um, Cliff, Neptune, as I said, it's the smallest of the ice, ice giants. It has a very active climate. Mm-hmm. It has large storms that swirl through its upper atmosphere and high-speed winds. Oh, it's just like always stormy. Dark, stormy night. Like, what is the deal? <laughs> I'd love to hear a Seinfeld routine on Neptune because... What is the deal with Neptune? I also wonder, like, what's with the storms? Why is it so stormy? Just get over it already. Well, Cliff, if you had 14 moons tugging at you, you might be a little stormy, too. I could deal with it. Now, (laughs) did you know, speaking of the Uranus and its rings, Neptune has six faint rings. Did you know this? Whoa, so many rings. So it's not... It's not like the, you know, 12 days of Christmas. Five rings. Neptune has six! Six dusty rings. Six dusty rings. Dusty rings. That would be a good name for like a band or a a Western singer. All we have to do is start a band first. She could sing Dusty Rings with the Ballad of the Ass Blaster. Good, 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 Dusty Rings. I love how active the climate is because what I get annoyed by are these planets out in space with inactive climates. It's why even have a climate if you're not going to activate it. I know. Get your shit together. Now, it you know, one Earth year cliff is equal to 165 Earth years oh. out there on Neptune. So, again, uh, the, all, the Game of Thrones could have taken place there, too. It could have, but I'm betting on Uranus. <laughs> yep. Betting on... Uranus. There's a song. Dusty Rings with Betting on Uranus. <laughs> we got the whole band started. Oh, Cliff. <laughs> now, of the two planets, which one would you rather visit? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're going all the way out there, you might as well keep on going to the edge. I'm on the edge. Of Neptune, I, you might as well go to you know because you could look at Uranus. I agree. You don't want to. You don't want to go just far. Where you're like, oh, I was almost right all the way at the end. Why didn't I go one more? You don't want to look at somebody and say, I stopped at Uranus, and I wish I'd gone further. And you might see Uranus on the way out. You could. Well, you'd see Uranus on the way in, and then as you leave, you'd pass right through Uranus again. There you go. And it's methane. And what I think would be, oh, this is what I was trying to get to. Remember 40 years ago when I was talking about Murph and Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, and I remember it. I'm all, it's fuzzy details, but I remember it happened. I'm on Uranus, Murph. Murph, I'm stuck on Uranus. What it, you know? Would it be jarring to him to land on Uranus and have it be twirling this other alternate way, the way it rotates? Would that feel 
different, do you think? I'm sure, I mean, it would have to, right? It would have to. Like, <laughs> no, part of me thinks, well, I'm just doing that. But I don't know, if it's like spinning around one way and the axis is another way, you would have to like affect you the way we are on this planet differently. You'd have to feel it differently. You'd have to. F- or on any planet. Yeah. You know. yeah. See, that, that's where I was trying to get with the whole Interstellar sequel. See, now Hollywood's interested. They're like, I didn't buy it with just the helium voice. But now that it spins the other way. But that's not, we're, not, we're done with Uranus, oh, Kendall. And it makes him act differently. So that's uh, why it's a whole different story. Because it affects him physically differently. You could take it so many ways, Hollywood. Bing, bang, boom. All right, Cliff. I got something weird to talk about. <coughs> Me too, but I can't talk about it alone. Let's get them in. No, well, let's get them in here. Come on. Right. I, are you guys on a book break yet? We need to do oh, some weird stuff oh, in here. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I guess we could take a, a short break if everyone just goes... Read another chapter on your own. I'll be right back. Yes, enjoy these ants on a log, ladies. <laughs> I made those oh, myself. Did, did you see the ants on a log Mr. Snobbottom made? They're so wonderful. Uh, there's something about I, peanut butter and raisins on celery that's irresistible. A- am I right? Yeah, I mean, they're beautiful. I didn't want to like <laughs> eat them, though, because I didn't want to... There was one of those things, they're too beautiful to eat. Yeah, they're for people who have read the book, boy. <laughs> yeah. I... I've skimmed it. He's seen, you know, uh, <laughs> reviews of the movie. I've seen the movie. Anyway, that's we're not here to talk about things Kendall has not done. We don't have enough time for that. We are here nope. to talk about something or some things that are weird. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wouldn't oh, wouldn't no. you rather talk about some other literary favorite classic? Yes. How about the bridges of Madison County, boys? Uh, to Kill a oh, Mockingbird. Yeah. Uh, so many wonderful American ones. classics. I could go all night about those. There's no reason to talk about anything weird. Not right uh, now. No, we're contractually obligated to do some weird stuff every once in a while, so that's this fulfills that obligation. We are. I've got a weird story. This is very weird for everybody, okay? In the Czech Republic, Czech please, in the Czech Republic, (laughs) a man showed off his powerful jaws by biting 36 drink cans in half in a minute, earning a Guinness World Record. Rene Richter, appearing on Italy's Le Show de Record, took on the Guinness World Record and ripped Uh, A bunch of Coke cans in half in a minute, guys. The aluminum cans were filled with water for the attempt, and Richter was only allowed to use one hand and his teeth to rip them apart. 36. Kendall, can you and you, Mrs. Potter, and you, Mr. Snodham, can you believe this? It's weird. I think... He's going to also get the world record for the most dental surgeries afterwards as well. Oh, just, oh, dear, oh. It just must be terrible for your teeth. Yes, it makes my gums hurt just hearing it. My bowels do not like hearing about that. No. I hurt myself eating popcorn. And, like, I, I chipped a tooth on chestnut soup. I, I don't think I would survive. Uh, you, you do chip your teeth on soup, so I don't think you ought to try biting into cans. I don't think you're part goat like this man. None for me, thanks. Uh, okay, lizards, everyone, in Puerto Rico. Uh, they they once dwelled in the forest, but you know, people. They moved in, taken over, build houses and farms and everything. They've taken over their natural habitat. And science has found 
that these lizards have evolved oh. um, in, in this new world. They, they have, they've started growing new scales uh, to better cling to smooth surfaces like walls and windows and grow larger limbs to sprint across open areas. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? We, we have made animals evolve to survive in our habitat. Clever girl. I don't doubt. <laughs> Clever girl. I do. I think it's, a, it's fascinating, though. It's fascinating. Well, if you say so, sugar lump, <laughs> I wasn't really listening. All right, well, I've got another one over here. Now, this is one. Oh, oh sorry. I'm going to try not to get my blood boiling, but you know how stories oh, like this no. get me going. All right. And I do not know why <gasps> the library has to be the floor mat of the world. Because a library in England said it's never too late to return overdue materials. I disagree with that. I'm, pardon me for editorializing in the middle of a weird <laughs> news segment, but I disagree that it is never too late. I think this is too late because a book was returned that was due back, Kendall. In 1981, the year of our birth, Northumberland oh, Libraries said in a Facebook post, why are they posting this? Post it somewhere else. Well, post it on a bulletin board, folks, not in a Facebook, that a book was returned this week to the Alnwick Library, and librarians were stunned to discover it was nearly 42 years overdue. The book, Night's Fee, by Rosemary Sutcliffe, had a note tucked inside explaining it had been found the previous day during a clean-out of the returner's parents' home. I must apologize profusely on behalf of the family, the note reads. The book had been due back March 27th, 1981, and the Post said the nearly 42-year gap between the tome being checked out might be a new record. Now, I don't hate this record as much as that can ripping apart record. But still, I think that 42 years is crazy. And the librarians went on to say there are no late fees or fines at our libraries. Just a warm welcome back. Well, I think it's high time instead of a warm welcome back, they got us not a slap on the wrist, a slap in the face. When they bring something that's 42 years overdue. Now, I have to say. Uh-uh. Don't disagree. I, I, I'm not disagreeing. Okay. I got to say, I think that something's going on here. Because, like, if there have been so many of these stories about people turning books in late, I feel like there's people got together at some point and they're like, I want to win the, the, the biggest prize for the longest book you know, having not turned it in mm. and everybody's just fighting for that prize and everybody's, Oh, this is a new record. This is a new record. Stop holding on to your books. Give them back two weeks. There is a length of time. That's too long. It's over two weeks. Well, let's just not get, even get into the etiquette here. Oh. Of not turning in a book on time. Oh my no sugar lump. I think you could lead a rousing discussion about how wrong it is to keep a library book for 42 years. Oh, oh of course, dear. Not, not only from moral standards, but also from etiquette. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that sounds like a deep discussion we'll have to have at some other point. Next up. Next up. Authorities in New York mm. say that the city health department inspector has issued two new summonses last month, just one day after a mayor appeared remotely before hearing on December 6th 
to, on a summons that his property has huge rats uh, like running all around Uh-oh. it. They're burrowing in and out of the. Now this sounds like a Busheltown problem, but this is in New York City. Are, have huge. Rats. Are the rats the size of bread boxes there too? Like in Busheltown? No, they're bigger in Busheltown. Uh-oh. So they have lots of better ways to handle these kind of things in Busheltown. But I just. Can you believe it? The the mayor at his house is having big old rat problems. I can because, I mean, you know, there's it's a lot of rats in New York City. They're there. There's pizza rat. Well, there's a lot of rats in politics. <laughs> oh, and there are many rats. And the thing they like the most is cheese. And if you are fortunate enough to be the mayor, why, I'm sure you have a lot of cheese in your house, boy. <laughs> You are the big cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. The cheese stands alone, sugar lump. <laughs> oh, that's why it attracts so many rats. Uh, that's weird. That was weird, Kendall. I have something else weird. I want to take you now. <laughs> I have something else to say. I've got something to say. <laughs> I want to take you now, not to Uranus, but to Italy. An Italian man who used a technique called mirror writing to type copies of 81 books holds the Guinness World Record for most books typed backwards. <laughs> the record-keeping organization said Michelle Santalia, 63. So there's time for us. Kendo, if we start typing books backwards now, we might compete him. Of Campobasso has copied 81 books by working backwards, creating a mirror image of the original text. And he's typed in many, many different languages. And Santella told the record people that he uses four blank keyboards for each progress, codes the keys to a language. He's typed backward copies of the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Ancient Egyptian Book of the Dead, the Code of Hammurabi, the Bible, and Leonardo da Vinci's writings, and also a copy of the Guinness World Record Book. Uh, oh, he said he was inspired by Da Vinci, who was known to use mirror writing in his work. And I say that is a colossal and weird waste of time. Why would you do it? I was just going to say a throwback to a question earlier in the show that you made. Why? 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 <laughs> Why? Annie Lennox wrote a whole song when she heard about that man typing all those books backwards. And it goes, Why? I hope you kids know what a monumental waste of time this is. <laughs> I know we worked hard, but so do washing machines, Kendall. <laughs> and their lights aren't twinkling. Um, anyway, uh, is that? Do I have any more weird things? I have oh, one more. Oh, all right, boy. One more. <laughs> one more. It's hard to choose. All right. Um, some burglars in Florida. They were, you know, just stealing all this stuff and trying to get it all out on time. And it turns out one of them called 911 and asked for some help moving stuff. They what? Get it out. Now, I, you know, I can only imagine what was either going through people's heads or what, you know, drugs they had to have been on for somebody to call the cops to help them come move some stuff. Maybe they thought they were making up a story. I don't know. But anyway, they got arrested. Weird. 
It's weird, all right. All right, boy. Sugar Lump, I think your friends, they have finished the chapter that you assigned They're getting restless, dear. Yes, we must be going, dear. That was fun. But we must be getting back to our book club, dear. We're coming, dear. I hope you enjoyed the ladyfinger sandwiches. Oh, uh, sandwiches and ants and a log, Kendra. I think I wish you'd have read this book. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't know if that's the cost of admission. (laughs) <laughs> it, although it's pr- it's a thick book That's why they had to make two movies about it <laughs> Two? They've got more coming out so Or they they, had, they made three or whatever Okay Alright <laughs> let's, not, <laughs> let's not get into that Let's not discuss Let's just move on Now anything else about Neptune? Which anything would you else? go to? Uranus or Neptune? I, I'm with you. I'd rather go all the way. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go way. near the near the end of the universe, I want to be at the end of the or the end of the solar system. Go for the gold. Oh, you know another movie I watched this week, and another forgotten movie nobody ever talks about. My fellow Americans, remember that one? Oh yeah, I I can't remember if I saw that or not. Who's in oh, that? Oh, it's good. Jack Lemon. And oh yeah, I Robert saw that. Wack- I used to watch all the Walter somebody, Matthau and John, Jack Lemon. Yeah, it's not Walter Matthau. It's James Garner is, but he's really good too. They're oh, they're okay. and they're so good. Lauren Bacall is in it. Dan Aykroyd, who should be in everything, is I'm sure in I it. I saw it, but I can't remember any of it. Well, <laughs> so it's worth a rewatch. <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's these two former presidents. They have to team up, and they're on the run from a current president, and oh. who's trying to kill them. You know what? No. I haven't seen it, and I'll tell you why it sounded so familiar, because I had a book, uh, like a filmmaking book, that talked about design, and it was talking all around that movie, and I was like, I know I've seen all these images, but that's that's what it was from, but I have not seen the movie yet. Well, you need to seek it out, folks. It's a... Oh, it's good. I won't won't spoil it for you, but I'll just say that maybe we need to take a page from this book and uh, repaper our political system. Amen. Propaganda, let's put it out there. Put it out there, folks. Make the world like my fellow Americans. Well, Cliff, my fellow listeners, I had two other things I wanted to say real quick about Neptune. There's two more facts I got. So, because you were like, is there anything else? I'm like, that's all the stuff to say. Oh, I thought you were scoffing because you'd said it all. That's why no. I started grasping at straws. I had not said it all. I had not oh. said it all. I was going to say Neptune had 14 uh. moons. I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned that earlier. Uh. Um, only one spacecraft has ever flown by Neptune in 1989. So, our, little, our photos we have are, you know, from far, far away. Can you imagine? I might have been in the theater seeing. Batman, the day they took those pictures That's crazy. in 1989. It's crazy. Um, and finally, it's known as the dark, great, the great dark spot. Out, out, great dark spot. Exactly. 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 Exactly. What do they call it? Is it? It's it's known as that, or it has a big spot. No, that's that's what it's known as. Oh, no, it has a great dark spot. Sorry, you got me confused. It has a great dark spot in the southern atmosphere. It was discovered in the 1989 Voyager spacecraft photos. The large rotating storm system with winds of 1,500 miles an hour. Oh, see, now if Matthew McConaughey, he makes it past Uranus, he's flying over. Murph, 
I see the dark spot, Murph. <laughs> Murph. It's beautiful. It's so out. beautiful. Out, great dark spot, Murph. <laughs> Murph. Makes me think of Shakespeare, Murph. Out, out, dark <laughs> damn spot, Murph. Murph, I'm going back. I'm back in, in Uranus, Murph. I've been pulled back with the, the gravitational pull. Murph, Murph. In the story, it writes itself. Really, it somebody, it really somebody call Christopher Nolan. I mean, half the words in the script will be Murph. They were the first one, so why change? <laughs> why change a winning why, formula? Winning? Yeah, there you go. All right, Cliff. Well, that's all I got to say about Neptune. Oh, 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 Neptune, oh, oh, oh. Uranus. I feel like we've been there. I feel like we've been to the fringe of the galaxy. Ooh. Well, do you, but do you think if we go out there and start like just pick up one of those books and pretend like we start reading it, we could get some of those sandwiches? Well, what we need to do is pick up a book and do kind of like they do when people on TV are spying on someone else. They hold the book in front of their face and they just sort of walk an inch over to the food table. And then, you know, they won't be looking at us. It's, you know, it's like what you do all the time. Sleight of hand. Well, I'm, I'm game to try, although Mrs. Potter Butter Butter trying to see all those movies. But let's let's give it a shot. Well, she might be too busy leading a deep discussion on something, you know. Let's hope. Oh, you're right. She is She is prophesizing over there. Oh, I think she's telling Mr. S- oh, she's, oh, Mr. Snowbottoms now. He's having a bowel attack. Oh, good. You distract While they're distracted, no, we'll grab yes, some sandwiches. Yes, yes, while she's getting the paper towels. All yes, right, all we've right. got to go. We'll see you here next week. Uh, uh, uh,